it's crazy to me how good the margins are with selling on Amazon, having actually run like a wholesale type business. Hi, and welcome to Your Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Kirk, aka Your Selling Guide. I'm a small town girl who took a big risk and quit a steady corporate desk job to travel the US in an RV. Along the way, I started selling on Amazon, grew a seven-figure business, visited all the lower 48 states, bought a farm, and today I am still doing what I love to do, selling on Amazon while helping other sellers do it too. Each week, I will share Amazon tips and tricks and bring in guests to share their stories, expertise, and tips on the platforms that they use. Think of this as a sit down with your Amazon bestie where you can learn, ask, start, and grow your online selling business. Welcome to Your Selling Pod. Hey crew and welcome back. On today's episode, I have a entrepreneur who had a full on manufacturing business, sold in Hobby Lobby, and closed up shop and started selling on Amazon. It's such an interesting story. I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome Kaylin to the podcast. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you because you've been in my community for a while. We follow each other on Instagram, even before you made that new special uh, Amazon Instagram. And (laughs) also, you are a big TikToker. Is that right? Well, I did have a video that went viral. That's so funny that you would bring that up. But I have (laughs) not posted much on TikTok recently. I don't know, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I think you were one of the first people to sign up as affiliate. Like I had just barely got that system going. But yeah, I remember that. This video, like I got like 3 million views or something on it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then everyone's asking me what to do. And I'm like, I don't really have time to do that. But this lady, now she will teach you everything. So go over there. Uh, so maybe you got some signups from that, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm always like, I don't, cause I don't really do TikTok and I mostly just post what I post on Instagram over on TikTok, but I was like, I've never had anything go over like a thousand views. <laughs> so that's crazy. TikTok had like really kind of just come out. I think, I, I think the video was even in 2020. It was a while ago. And it was just like, you know, what can you do to like go viral? And we did, I started sharing my book reselling, um, whatever, like what we were doing, me and my husband were doing, because what else were people doing in 2020 when everything was closed down? And I created quite a controversy about buying and selling used books. And people in the comments were like, you're stealing from poor people. They can't read these, you know, you know, the typical when that kind of stuff goes viral and you're just like well I did not buy every single book there there's plenty there there's probably some in your local goodwill you know whatever but so many people were arguing in my comments it was hilarious like I'm reading them and I'm like oh no these people are like I can't believe you would buy and sell this I'm like what do you think like Target does like what do you think these other stores do they're buying and selling products for profit same situation so i don't know it was funny but it's funny it's you that's how you know you've uh, gone viral when all of a sudden you get all the hater comments <laughs> yes it's so true <laughs> so before all this before amazon and everything what were you doing what did your life look like Yeah, so it's funny because I don't talk about it that much on my Instagram for anyone that follows me, but previous to selling on Amazon slash kind of during the time I was selling on Amazon in the beginning, I ran a different company that I actually started when I was in high school and college. I started making handmade soaps and, you know, the Etsy thing and all of that kind of stuff. And When I was in college, I studied entrepreneurship and my mom was a hospital gift shop buyer. So she was going to these wholesale shows, buying stuff, you know, to sell at her gift shop. And I was like, you know what? I think I could probably create a real product line, sell it to stores. And so my first summer after I graduated college, I signed up to do a wholesale trade show here in Atlanta at America's Mart for all my Atlanteans or other wholesalers that do wholesale for Amazon, they might shop there. And I signed up, I thought it was going to be like my ticket to selling big into all of these gift shops, which I 
did get a few orders, but not what I thought. And um, I ended up doing a second trade show. And my second trade show, Hobby Lobby picked up my product line. I went out to their corporate office that's in Oklahoma. And it was just crazy. Well, at first, when I was talking to the buyer, I was like, so, you know, they, when you work with a big buyer, they're not as open about what store they're buying from. If it's like a little hospital gift shop, you know, you can you'll know, you'll know who it is. But then she was like, she was asking me all these questions. She was like, well, you know, what is your distribution like and stuff? And I was like, oh, I just work out of my laundry room, you know? And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She hands me her business card. And I was like, oh, and she was like, I think I want to put your product in all of our stores. So I think you're going to need to get a warehouse. And I was like, whoa um I was like so have you do you ever do like a state rollout like would you only consider your Georgia so I tried to actually convince her to place a smaller order I was like would you put it in only your Georgia stores because I don't really know and she's like no we have 750 stores and we want to put your product line in all of them and I was like oh okay so so that was like the start of my old business which was Kate and Co and that was gosh 2016 2017 when that was going on and so that was like a really fun time hobby lobby was continually my biggest and best customer throughout my business they always paid on time they they were the best and um then when 2020 happened or let me go back a little bit the business continued to grow. I had a like 10,000 square foot warehouse. We manufactured everything there. I had my own product line plus like private label stuff that like Hobby Lobby would come in and say, we want this brand, you know, just like people would do private label on Amazon, but we were manufacturing in America. And um, then in 2020, when all of that happened, that was really hard on any kind of American manufacturing that wasn't essential. Remember, like essential businesses got shut or essential businesses could operate, non-essential couldn't. And what happened with us is, this is kind of a long tangent, but we had so many supplier issues, just like Amazon sellers were experiencing, like they were getting these coming across a product and being able to flip it for a lot because it just wasn't available. Same thing was happening with us. Like we couldn't find plastic for bottles. Like we couldn't find our raw materials. We couldn't find oils. We couldn't find essential oils like in the whole entire world because we were sourcing from everywhere. And so we lost clients because we couldn't really fulfill their orders. Our orders from Hobby Lobby, we got like six months behind and it just was, it just was bad. It wasn't like we were slow. We just couldn't find the stuff to fulfill the orders. So we had a tough time recovering from that, but we made it through, but it was a lot of work. And so then in 2021, I ended up having our, my first daughter. I only have one. So my only daughter and it just changed my perspective. I had just been working so hard, so long. It was satisfactory, like throughout all of that, but just my perspective changed. I was like, you know what? This was fun, but I'm just, it's not what drives me anymore. My product line's not what drives me anymore. It's too, it was almost just wasn't worth it in the at the end, it was like, I'm just being pulled in too many directions. And all the while I had started my Amazon business during these last few years at Kate Co. So I ended up selling that company, which now their the product line lives on. Uh, a guy up in Ohio ended up buying the brand. He owns a couple different wholesale brands. So if you're ever in a boutique, like a small little boutique or a, ho or a hospital gift shop, the product line's not sold at Hobby Lobby anymore. Um, but just like those kind of stores, you might see like Kate and Co. something. And that was originally, I was the Kate, Caitlin from Kate and Co. So if you ever come across that, we made like bath bombs, lotions, all that kind of stuff. But it was tough. I had 18 employees. And so, you know, we had to like close down our warehouse and lay people off. And that was probably one of the hardest days. But it's almost been a year since that. We closed September 15th, 2022. So it's almost been a year and it's just crazy to me. I was even talking to my husband last night about 
how happy I am now. Like I could never see this when I was in it. And now I'm like, okay, it's kind of come full circle. Like I'm just happier with the slower pace of life. I can work when I need to, but I'm not having to go to work because I have these employees and that sort of stuff. And sometimes people will be like, when are you going to hire your first Amazon employee? And I'm like, I think I'm kind of just like, if I ever grow it that big, it would be too big for me. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm kind of at that. One of the questions you asked was, what's Amazon done for you? Or what's your goal with it? And it's, it's almost like I already kind of achieved it just like a happier, slower pace of life that is just more enjoyable that I can have some kind of control over where it's not like this other job is controlling my lifestyle or my child's sick. And now I have like all these different things. I can kind of just go with the flow. Like who can really say that about their job? So yes, that's a long winded answer, but what I used to do. Cool. I'm in awe. Like that. I mean, they we literally I recorded a podcast yesterday and we were talking about how like to go get your stuff in Walmart or Hobby Lobby is really, really hard. But to get something on Amazon is very easy if you want to make your own product label. And But you've yep. done the hard part. So no wonder well, you're killing it at Amazon. <laughs> funny because I was listening to a podcast that was like interviewing a wholesale Amazon seller. And it's like, oh, here's how the in. How, here's how to email all these suppliers. So I was like, you know what's so funny is I used to be a supplier and literally every single day get emails like, we want to add your product line to Amazon. And I'm like, I'm surprised I actually don't do more wholesale on Amazon, especially from my connections in the wholesale industry, my old connections. And it's just funny because I'm like, they're like, here's how to talk wholesale lingo. And I'm like, maybe I just have like too much leftover PTSD from that to really go into it or well the real thing is that I love the RA margins way better than wholesale that's why I stick with RA but it's just funny because I'm like they're like trying to make these emails for wholesalers and I was like literally we would get those all the time and we never ended up adding our product line to Amazon I don't know if they if the new owner has or not but we didn't because it was a different for our smaller boutiques it we were just like that we just did retail boutique wholesale. So yeah, that's, I love what you're saying about just the happiness of having um, not necessarily less work. Cause we know Amazon's a lot of work, but like probably less work. Cause I know what it's like to run a business with employees and all that, but like you are just getting your time back and doing what you love and how much freedom that is. Because I, I just hired recently an assistant and I can't wait for her to start because I want that, like, I want to stop working so much in the nitty gritty that doesn't need to be me doing it, right? So I can do the things I love. I absolutely love selling. If all of this other stuff went away, I would be so happy selling. Like, that's my first love. (laughs) Yep. I think that's kind of how it ended up with Kate & Co. At the end, it's like, you know, what I loved was the product line development. But what I was doing was in my since we manufactured we were like a wholesaler and the actual manufacturer so it was like not only was i doing the product development and i also had like 90 sales reps for all the states like every territory had reps commission all that kind of stuff so but then i also had my warehouse employees and then i had this person calling out and then we needed a certain amount of people to run the production line and then if these two people didn't come then we couldn't run do the production line and then temps and this and I was just like oh my gosh so that was the hard part of the business was the manufacturing the that part my passion was the product development part and then at the end I was just like the warehouse part is just running me ragged with all the COVID stuff and then you know all the masks mandates and it's just like everything that we had to do to keep the employees safe which what is was is important but it just made everything so difficult that i lost the passion for the part that i liked you know so that is what i love about the amazon thing is i can work really hard at something and if i end up not really liking it i can just pivot pretty easily or i can just say like hey i'm just going to take the next three or four days off because i need like a brain break from what i'm doing and i used you know when you have employees and when you have a warehouse you just can't say, hey, I just need a brain break for like four or five days. See you guys later. But I'll be like, 
oh, what? So how did you find out about Amazon or get into it in the beginning? And, or, because I'm assuming it's just Amazon, do you sell anywhere else? Well, I first found out about selling on Amazon. Well, it's actually kind of a funny story. So in 2020, obviously, like, the hot things to sell for any kind of arbitrage business was chlorine, pools, weights, and, like, these river raft floats. And not a lot of people talk about the river raft floats, but my sister, she lives in Texas. She was like, so we found these in Texas, like the fun thing to do is to go like river tubing or whatever, because they have tons of natural springs there. It's beautiful. It's hot. The spring's cold. Everyone's on the river. She's like, we're trying to find these tubes and like they're all sold out near us. And on Amazon, they're really expensive. And she's like, I'm trying to like, figure out how I can kind of take advantage of this, but without even really knowing what she was doing. And so she was like, I came across this Walmart. They had so many of them. I bought them. They were like $24. She was like, I'm selling them on eBay, you know, for 50 or $60. Every time I buy them, I'm selling out. And I was like, what? Like what? It was like dumb. I couldn't even believe like what she was saying. And then she was like, towards kind of the end of that store stock she was like I was in there I saw another guy and he must have known what we were buying or selling because we made eye contact and he was like buying every single thing that all these river rafts that were left and anyways it was so funny because she never ended up really selling she sold a few things on Amazon but she mainly sold those on eBay because it was in text which was really hard to get ungated in 2020 well getting ungated in 2020 was a lot harder than it is today. Yeah. So that was the first kind of everything I had heard, like arbitrage, like situation. And then here I am on TikTok because that's what people were doing in 2020. And this guy's like, oh, I'm buying and selling these used books. And I was like, this is so interesting. And like, I don't really have much to do. Our warehouse was shut down. It was you know, government mandated shutdown. So I was like, let me like, figure out how I can do this. And it was just so exciting. The hunt is the exciting part for me. That's still that's why I like to stick with RA. And so I started selling used books. I think that's why I started documenting on TikTok, because that's how I first found out, which yes, I know people who are in the Amazon space, I'm gonna get so much hate for saying I was the used book TikTok person because I think at the time it was like in all the Facebook groups like who's posting all this stuff on TikTok and I'm like oh um well it's not just me but I did find out about that and I am posting but you know there's ebbs and flows some of those people who started they're no longer selling I actually don't even think the guy who I watched his original video is still selling but I just I just love the hunt. So throughout selling books, I kind of made the connection of what my sister was doing. And she mentioned trying to sell the product on Amazon. And I was like, I bet I could find other stuff to sell on Amazon that's not just used books. And because she was trying to sell the floats on there. And I think that that's how I ended up coming maybe across one of your videos or something else where I was like, how can I buy and sell products on Amazon? And I never realized how many third-party sellers there were on Amazon. I don't think I realized that literally things sold by Amazon was not sold all by Amazon. And when I tell people today what I'm doing, they're like, wait, you buy stuff on Amazon and it's not actually from Amazon? I'm like, actually, a majority of it is not sold by Amazon. Can you believe that? And so it's funny because I never realized that until I started selling on Amazon either. Yeah, it's really, it's happening now with Walmart, the same thing. Even within the Amazon community, people don't understand that Walmart is the same. So when you buy something from Walmart, it may not be from Walmart. So if it's crazy expensive, it's most likely a third-party seller. Yep. I think I had commented on one because they were like, I'm trying to look for this item at Walmart, but this is the price. And I was like, is it sold by Walmart or sold by third-party? Because that might be, you know... It is hard. I would say I haven't started selling on Walmart. I don't know if I will until maybe it's like the kinks are worked out. But it is hard to shop on their website if you're trying to do even some OA stuff because it's like what's sold, what's not, I don't know, at least to me. Yeah, I usually do like, 
I click the thing that's like only Walmart and then even like store pickup because then you know it's the store, right? Like that's what I try to do when I do OA with them. I don't do a whole lot of OA though. <laughs> yeah, I have tried to do some. I want to get more into it. But again, I just want to be in the store. It's so funny. Like I just want to be in the store. I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you have, you started in 2020, right? Yep. And you've grown your business just crazy. I think you're doing what fifty and sixty thousand dollar months gross sales now. I think sixty, but okay. fifty, yes. Well, and I've only been full time with Amazon. I, I can. I'm considering this Q4 my first full time Q4 because my my old company closed September fifteenth. That took a while. We sold the business, so that took a while. All that kind of attorney stuff business closure stuff. So that was a lot of my time even into Q4 for last year. I think in December I sold it like about $20,000 and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I sold that much," which I still feel like that every day. I look at myself and I'm like, "I can't believe someone bought that for that." <laughs> but they did. And um so this year is really what I'm considering my first full-time Q4. So really, I've just been selling full-time on Amazon for about a year, going into my first Q4 selling on Amazon. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So I have kind of like two questions. So one is, how did you end up growing it to where you're at today? And two is, did your old company and lifestyle, like what you did there, has that helped you at all in your Amazon journey? That's a good question. So I'll answer the second question first, because I do think that yes is the basic answer. Because, you know, when people see the idea of selling on Amazon, you do have to have a certain kind of entrepreneur drive. And I think that that's why people come in and drop off and they just they don't have that entrepreneur drive. Even my husband last night, he was like, I could just never do that it just has no interest like to me i just would rather work at a corporate job and i'm like i would rather like put my eye out so um but so yes i think my previous role as running that company gave me a lot of good business background and kind of just like talking and looking at margins and it's crazy to me how good the margins are with selling on amazon having actually run like a wholesale type business there it's great and so i think that that kind of stuff you know like i didn't have to take a quickbooks course because i've been doing quickbooks for like 15 years running that other company and all that kind of stuff so i can like really easily look at a spreadsheet or whatever and kind of understand it so that's like nice but i also think it's just that entrepreneur drive that really helps people grow their business q4 is here it is the best time of the year as an amazon seller but if you don't know what's going on with your profits your money your business do you really know if that business and product is making any money this is why i love sellerboard and why i've partnered with them on the your selling podcast Sellerboard truly is the best way for an Amazon seller to see their true business, how much profit you're making on a product, and better yet, why I love it, it forecasts out your total sales for the month, and you can see by quarter, by month, or by the entire year how much money your items are making you. We all know different things come up in Amazon business from returns to various Amazon fees. All of it is broken down in Sellerboard because like I've said, if you don't know your business numbers, you don't know what's going on. And as new small business owners, we often, that's the area that gets fallen behind because we truly don't totally understand it. So why not use this software to fully understand what's going on? Sellerboard is offering my listeners two months free, no credit card required. All you gotta do is head to yoursellingguide.com slash sellerboardprofit and sign up. Again, you just log into your Amazon account in Sellerboard and everything is pulled over, including all your past items you've ever had. Enter in your cost of goods and finally you will see the true profit picture of what's going on in your business. Again, try it two months free at yoursellingguide.com slash sellerboardprofit and really understand your business this Q4. It sounds like you're a part-time, not a hobby, but 
doing a more part-time business, but then you've grown a lot this last year in 2023. So how did you do that? (laughs) So it's funny because with my old company, the busiest times were June or were J months because those were when trade shows were. So January, June, and July, I always had trade shows all month long. January, I was literally not in Georgia because I was at every single trade show around the U.S. selling. And then in the summer, it's a little bit more spread out, but whew, Vegas in the summer is like hot. So, but anyways, um, when I was selling part-time, it was like I couldn't really get into the Q4 Amazon hype because I was gearing up launching our new product line. Our new catalog would come out in November, and then it's like we're getting ready for trade shows all of December. We're trying to finish up the end of the year stuff. All of our stores are trying to get all their inventory. That was, you know, it's a busy time for any business. So it was like I never got to do the Q4 thing with Amazon. So I'm really excited this year. But one of the things that really helped grow the business is I did not take a lot of profit out of the company really at all. In the beginning, I did take a little bit out when we, when I was doing the used books, just because like you can literally buy a book for a quarter and sell it for twenty bucks and make fifteen dollars, and you're like, oh, wow, how did like how did I do that? So I was a little bit my margins were a little better. I took a little bit more money out, or it'd be like me and my husband would be like, we want to go on vacation. Oh, let's just take some money out of the Amazon business, you know that kind of thing. But it wasn't like a normal paycheck. But when we sat down and after the business closed, or we sold the business, closed the warehouse, that kind of thing, we sat down and I was like, okay, at what point is this sustainable as a full-time income, which some people, you know, do transition this to their full-time job. So for us, we were like, let's look at our budget. Like what, where do I need to be for the company to sustain like my old paycheck basically? And so I was like, okay, I think I could get there and five months, but I can't take any money out of the business. I need to reinvest everything back into inventory for me to get to this number so I can take on this amount of paycheck or whatever. And so we kind of agreed that, okay, we're going to take this time to basically invest this time and no income on my part into the Amazon business. So then that we could use it as a full-time income or basically I could remake my old full-time income. And um, I think that that's something that a lot of sellers or a lot of new sellers don't necessarily understand. And also people aren't transparent about that if they're posting on Instagram. You know, they're like, oh, I sold $3,000 on Amazon. I'm like, oh my gosh, amazing. But then you realize, okay, well, they didn't pay for their product. They didn't pay their fees. And then what did they end up taking home? Like $800 maybe of the $3,000. And so I think that people can have like this misconstrued like thought about how much money this person might be making. And so, and it's funny, you know, some of my friends are like, what, what's going on? Like, how much are you selling? I'm like, oh, here's, here's what I'm selling. They're like, you made 50K? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I did not make that much money. Like my one friend was like, are you going to buy a new house? I was like, uh, no. And I was like, weird. No, like that is not, no. And so it's just funny because I feel like I do like to share what I'm selling and add more of like a record of like, wow, I can't believe how much the business has grown, that kind of thing. But in reality, for all my new sellers out there who are watching or listening, it's not all profit. You do have to pay. Sometimes you're liquidating inventory. That's what I was doing this month. Some of my stuff that just wasn't selling or too many people got on it, whatever. I'm like, I got to get rid of this and get some cash back, getting ready for Christmas. So you just never really know what's all behind the scene. But that's really kind of how I grew the business was I took a good five, six months of like, okay, everything I make stays in the business. We're going to be investing in more inventory. And so, yeah, so now I'm taking a salary from Amazon and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. But I told my husband, I was like, can I take less money out? Because I want to get really ready for Q4. And he's just like, we can talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) What do your profit margins end up being like on average? 
I would say that they're usually in between 20 to 30%. 30% is like, wow, okay, we had a really good month. But I would say closer to like 20, 25%. Just depends on if I'm liquidating. I, this month I bought a palette of some of a product and I'm just hoping that it's going to be good but so I used to not have the cash to do that kind of stuff you know and now I'm like looking at it like okay I think I can sell you know a hundred of these a month well I bought a thousand so it's going to take me basically a year to sell these and what if someone else also bought a palette so it's like you know you're thinking of the numbers that way like do I have that cash to invest and is it worth it and how quick are you going to flip it and so you're thinking of it a little bit differently than when you're like in TJ Maxx, like, should I buy this one product and stuff? So I'm trying to get a little bit more bulk. I'm working with some liquidators and stuff, but I don't know. We'll see. Nice. Do you keep that stuff at home? Do you like slowly put it in or keep it somewhere else or do you send it all in? So I, yep. I, my car parked outside of our garage because the garage is full of stuff. So, but the other really cool thing that I started doing probably about three, four months ago is I started working with a local prep center, which has honestly, I wouldn't be selling as much as I am today without them because of that really important work-life balance. I don't, because my daughter's only like a year and a half old, I don't really have the luxury of like, you know, she's like not... I'm I'm having to play with her and I want to play with her, but it's like after she goes to bed, I am tired. Like I do not want to be working after my daughter goes to bed in the one or two hours that I have of my free time at the end of the day. And sometimes I just want to watch a show or go on a walk or something. And so for those people doing that, for the people who are working full time, trying to sell on Amazon, have kids, I'm just like, I'm praying for you. Like, I don't know, I would just be running myself ragged. Um, I think that's also something that helped me build the Amazon business is I kind of got to build it up before I had my daughter and kind of got to learn and I got to put that hustle in. And now I'm like, okay, I can kind of relax a little bit. But yes, I started working with a local prep center and uh, someone on Instagram posted about how they were doing a retail arbitrage drop off at a prep center. And I was like, wait, I thought prep centers were only for wholesale online arbitrage. So I was like, how are you doing that? So I started messaging her and I was like, so your prep center does sticker removal. Apparently that's normal for prep centers. Did not know because I've never looked into it. And she's like, yes, they do everything. They bubble wrap. I just had to take my bags from my car to them. And I was like, what is this? How can I get this? And so she was like, literally just type in your city and Amazon Prep Center and you'll probably find one. Literally that same day I did that. And there's three near me. Who would have even known? And so I just picked the closest one because I even had an option. I never even knew. And I was like, can I do a local drop off? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay sign me up and so i they're about 30 minutes away from me and so now when i'm shopping i don't even have to take anything out of my car i'm just shopping all day i do i usually do a drop off like in the morning or whatever the very next morning drop it all off and they usually are shipping in four days they say three days it takes longer than that but it's usually like four or five days so like i dropped off stuff on the 24th that was last week sometime and they just emailed me today that it's shipping so i was like that's pretty good and i just didn't have to prep it and it was just a small little fee that i probably would for my time you know the value of your time it's like okay it's worth it to me to pay them to do it even though like we're not in a tax-free state which a lot of the stuff i'm buying is tax-free because i do the tax exempt but that's like what all these people on like Amazon or on Instagram tell they're like tax-free state I'm like well uh Oregon is very far away from Georgia so I'm just not even gonna think about it and it was just someone's random helpful post on Instagram and I was like okay game changer because back then I was only really doing twenty thousand dollars a month in sales and now I was like I can basically shop twice or even three times as more because I'm gonna have so much more time in my schedule and oh it's been great it's been so what, fun. 
was it um scary at all because i did a prep center once for distributor order and an online arbitrage basically back when i tried to do wholesale years ago um and it i'm a little bit of a control freak so it was a little scary to hand over especially since i don't see it i don't know what they're doing was there any kind of that fear um yes i was like do you guys remove the sticker gunk like you remove sticker but do you remove sticker gunk like that kind of stuff and i feel like so it it's one of those things where it's like once you get to a certain point in the business you have to be picky about you can only be picky about a certain amount of things and you gotta let the other stuff go it's like i made a bad buy gotta let it go you can't dwell on it and so i feel like with the prep center it was one of those things where it was like i did get some bad feedback from I bought this and the price tag's twelve ninety five and I paid forty and I was like, oh so then I had to send them an email like, don't forget, there is a sticker inside of the box. You can't see it, but I've told them a few times. So like it's inside the box, you gotta take it out, remove it. And it's just one of the things where it's like, okay, you know, that already sold or it's already out of Amazon, you just kinda have to move on. Or I've had to recall something and I'm like, Oh, that wasn't like poly bagged the way I would do it. But I think through running Kate & Co, that really helped me learn that people are not going to do things the way I will, no matter how much I even train them personally. I would be on the production line, on the manufacturing line, like, this is how the line needs to work for it to be the most efficient. I walk out of there, I'm looking at the camera, they are not even listening to anything I say. So people are just going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, the manager can only manage them with out micromanaging it's just it is kind of what it is and so yes there was a little bit of that but i think it's like okay if you sell 20 of these one is kind of a little janky and yeah you know, just kind of accept it move on that kind of thing there was i was selling a beauty brand that got um you know regated or whatever and so it got sent back to me and there was a sticker on it and that was from myself and i was like oh my gosh i'm so glad that that one did it <laughs> i have definitely like a few times woken up and i'm like oh did i like take that sticker that like raw sticker off the book bag or like you know because it was like an fbm item or something i'm like did i do that did i send it <laughs> like i have definitely woken up like oh no that, so that's what stresses me out these days. I'm like, oh, did I take the sticker off? Did I do that? Did I ship that on time? That kind of stuff. How does it work? Because like when I know for OA, you know what's coming. You can tell them. Do you have to do the shipment? Or are they doing like entering like inventory lab or seller central, all that? Yes, that's a really good question. And that was kind of something that we had to figure out because they have a for all the prep centers work a little bit differently, but for them, they have their own kind of program they've built out for accepting inventory, but there's a SKU limit. Well, when you're doing RA, you might be buying, you know, 50, 60, 80 different SKUs. Okay, well, their program doesn't accept that because a lot of their customers are wholesale and OA, so they're not doing 80 different SKUs or whatever. And so we kind of worked out something where I would use the buy list feature in Scoutify because they were like, as long as everything's listed in your, they do have access to my Amazon store. Some people are like, I will not use a prep center if they have to have access. So they're like a third party user. So they can go in and like, you know, open cases for any kind of shipment stuff and that kind of stuff. I use the buy list feature on Scoutify to basically when I'm out shopping, I'm like, okay, I'm getting that from this store. Have you ever used the buy list feature? I've used it once, but um, I can see how it would work for you. For me, I just don't like it because I just, I want to scan and go. I don't want to sit there and do stuff in the aisle, but. <laughs> totally. That's how I used to be because I listened to someone and they were like, oh, I use the buy list feature. And I was like, cool, I'm going to try it. And I tried it once. I was like, I will never do that again. Then I started working with the prep center and I was like, oh, this actually has really beneficial because I'm not taking everything out of my car. I What I used to do is take everything out of my car, then manually scan it in through inventory lab to create like, you know, your inventory list, send it over to Amazon and then put everything back in my car. And I was like, I could be using the buy list feature to basically do this. So I use the buy list feature. I can download it into inventory lab, make it sure all the listings are right then, you know, push that inventory over to Amazon. 
and you can download like an Excel file of your, um, like your batch, your inventory lab batch. And so I download that and send it to them. So that has like ASIN, F and SKU, product names, uh, quantity, expiration date, all the information that they basically need in a list. So it was like a little bit clunky first getting started because we were like, okay, how are we going to work this out? I think I might have even been their first RA customer. And um, but we got it worked out. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, I can, I absolutely see now how you've done it. Like that is amazing how you get to do the fun part of your business and you don't have to do the other parts of it. When I did it, I had to print the labels. So they're printing your box labels for you. Yeah. So some people like will will get a prep center that are they're like, I don't want them to have access to my account. So when they're done, they're like, here's all your boxes. And then you have to do that part. So like they have access to my account where they can create their own shipments. And I don't have to worry about if the items oversized, the only they will prep hazmat stuff. But there's a lot of extra fees for them because they have to create the label outside of Amazon. So I still do hazmat stuff myself. But they'll do oversized. They literally will ship anything. Oversized, fragile. It's actually opened up a little bit more of like what I would normally buy because I wouldn't buy a six, seven, eight pound whatever thingy majig because I don't want to prep it and ship it. But now it's like, well, I don't have to prep it and ship it. I get to give it to someone else who's prepping it and shipping it. I just have to literally put it in my cart and then put it in their warehouse. So it's actually kind of cool because, like, I wouldn't buy laundry detergent previously. But now I am because I can easily prep it. You know, it's just like one of those things where it's like I would not want to do that for the $10 profit. But now I can and not have to worry about the prep. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's the, is it a flat fee per thing or is it like a percentage? Do you? Yep. They charge 75 cents an item. And then if it's like a bundle, bundles is one of those things that can get expensive. So it's 75 cents an item, no matter the prep needed. So if it needs bubble wrap, if it needs a box, it's all included in that price, which is a really good price when you look at different prep centers. But I also have a lot of units. So like if someone started with them with 100 units or 500 units, it's more expensive. I have like a big plan with them because I'm taking everything there. Um, but bundles can get expensive because it's 75 cents per item. So if it's a bundle of four, it's like a $3 prep fee. So sometimes that can be expensive and I'm like, all right, is it worth it to me to do it? Yes, then okay, I'll do it or whatever. So did you set up your scanning app to kind of add like where, you know, you can ship to Amazon fee or whatever? Did you add that in there or are you just kind of calculating the profit when you buy them? I'm just calculating it when I buy it. So like if I'm doing my buy list and I'm putting my, you know, your item cost in and the item's $4, I'll just put four seventy five. So it's already in there. So whenever, if you're you're looking at my Instagram and you're seeing like my buy cost, it actually includes my prep cost which is already in there. So just oh, so great. Guys, if you take anything away from this, just look up local prep center for Q4. It could be life changing. I'm just saying. I, I like the prep now because it's also like, I love the sourcing, but then I've gotten to love the prep. I mean, I like it up until a certain hour after an hour. Like then I'm like over it, but like, cause I just get to sit, listen to my podcast. It's like the mindless stuff. So it's almost become relaxing, but I absolutely, I'm like, I'm going to look, I'm going to need them in a couple cities around here. Cause I source around here, but that's genius. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I kind of do miss those days. Like at home where I'd be like catching up on my shows or watching a new documentary or podcast or whatever that I'm listening to. So sometimes I do miss that, but I think that what it's given back to me as far as like, okay, when I pick up my daughter from her babysitter, I don't have to worry about like, okay, now it's your bedtime. Now I have to go in and like prep all this stuff. I can just kind of relax, just kind of like that cost analysis of like, what's my time really worth? You know, even your downtime, like what's your downtime worth to you? Is it worth paying someone else? a fee to prep your items to me definitely is. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you do this Q4 because just seeing what you do in the rest of the year has been absolutely crazy. And to your point about your um, margins and all that, that's the same as mine. So you probably even do better. Like if I can get 20% margin after all is said and done, like that's great. And I like 
25 is like, but yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, well, I think the benefit is that I found that luckily literally the only prep center, the closest one I reached out to, I was like, wow, this pricing is like pretty good compared to like other ones that I've seen online. I'm like, wow, people pay a dollar fifty a unit to prep. And then you have to pay for bubble wrap on top of that. And this is all wholesale. How do you guys make any money? Like, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Like, you're, you guys are making 20, 30 cents on these items sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I've signed up with some distributors and I'm like, okay, maybe wholesale isn't for me. Or maybe I just like the high margins of RA because I'll look through a distributor's website or a wholesaler's website. And I'm like, uh, I'm just not really willing to spend $5,000 to only make $500. That just doesn't make sense to me. It just is like, meh, that's not for me. I'd rather go into a store and spend $1,000 and make $500. Now that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I've been messing around because my warehouse still not, or shop or whatever. I'm, I got to figure out what I'm calling it, but it's still not finished yet. So I've kind of slowed down on pallets because one, the weather, if it's raining, I can't have a pallet sitting out beside my RV. But um, I play with that because there's the, the ease of just reordering it right and then you're like but your margin's going to come down it but it's still really hard to plus you amazon prices no matter where you get it the price could tank for who knows what reason and so now that slim margin you already had is just gone and a lot of the stuff i've been testing out with the toy distributor pallets have done that like i'm just trying to liquidate it at this point and so it's yeah yeah it's funny like one of your questions was like what's your favorite store to source at and i was thinking about that before this i was like well obviously i'm not gonna give you away my best stores but i was like you know what i'm trying to do now is to think outside of the box and the reason why i like to listen to so many amazon podcasts and youtubers is because i want to know what they're doing so i can do the opposite or like do something different because if they're all shopping at like, let's just say Ollie's, everyone knows they're infamous for price tanking, even on like really good items. It's just a race to the bottom, which I still shop at Ollie's, but I'm very much more particular. If there's 400 at one location, I'm not going to get that item because there's 400 at their 400 different stores. So you know what I mean? But it's like, I'm trying to think of, things that are outside of the box like what are stores that people would not go to to look for something or like what's something you know like you mentioned doing the bundles or whatever on on a few of your podcasts it's like that's really interesting because it's different and what can you do that's different basically you know so I have like a, my few little mom and pop liquidators that I like to work with but you gotta be kind of careful with liquidation and but it can be really good. Mark on my liquidators. That's good. Um, but it's like, what stores can I source at that people aren't shopping at? Like, I never was really great at sourcing at Walmart. I don't really like going to Walmart. Probably why I never spent the time in there. But like, what stores can I go to? So I've been spending a lot of time at like Five Below. Not a lot of people really source there, which now I'm saying I don't care. But you can really find some profitable toys that aren't at every other store, especially because they make, it's like a Dollar Tree. Their their product is like for their store. It's not like at Walmart, Target, all these stores and that kind of stuff. And so it's interesting. So yeah, I'm just trying to think outside of the box, especially going into Q4, like where are people not going? I'm going to go there. Yeah, I don't like sourcing by below either. I, I mean, either. I'm the one who doesn't like sourcing it. Um, but there, I know there are people who like it. It's just not worth, to me, it's not worth the time. But that's what I love about Amazon and the whole community. It's like everyone like, oh, that's getting oversaturated, oversaturated. But at the end of the day, like not everyone sources the same. Like you don't go to Walmart. I love Walmart. Like everyone sources different. So there's something out there for everyone. And there's so much product to sell. It's so true too, because you know, like I know you have the $5 minimum profit. Well, I'll kind of go a little bit less, especially if the item's a dollar, I'll take a $3 profit, but maybe that would be an item that you would pass on. So it is true too. Like people have different parameters that they'll sell on, sell in. And so it really is true. The opportunities endless out there. I'm trying to learn a little bit more OA too, just because you are able to order in bulk or, well, you know, that kind of stuff, you 
can order more units, but I don't know. We'll see. What would be a piece of advice you have for anyone who's thinking about starting or just frustrated with their journey so far? That's a good question. I would just say that you should definitely not quit your day job, even if it's difficult, because you should try selling on Amazon and you might find that maybe it's not really for you. Maybe something else is for you, or maybe it's like, the best thing that you've ever done. Because for me, I absolutely love it. But like my husband, he's like, did the used book thing with me? And he's like, this is just not for me. And so, but he kind of tried it with me because I was like, we could do this together. You know, there's people out there that do that. And he's like, no. So you just have to try it, see if you like it. And if you do, just don't, just think, okay, if I want to try to do this full time, what can I like where think backwards, where do my sales need to be for me to be making, you know, if I'm making, let's just say $10,000 in sales a month, my profits 20%, that's $2,000 a month. Okay, is that going to replace your income? For some people, it will for some people, it might not it might depend on where in the country they live, lifestyles or whatever. So it's like, at what point your sales replace your income kind of think of it backwards and then if if you're like wow i need to sell thirty thousand dollars a month to replace my income that's going to be really hard or do you think it's going to be a really fun challenge that might also answer your question of like is this for you and that kind of stuff and then it'll it'll help you figure out like how long will that take me to get there what do i need to do to get there Nice. That's awesome. So we kind of alluded to it, but where can people find you, follow you, ask you questions, all that stuff? <laughs> you guys can find me on Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I have not posted on there probably since my viral video in 2021. <laughs> um, I'm still watching videos on there, but that's it. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at let's go Kate, C-A-I-T for Caitlin, because that's my name. But um, yeah. I'm posting on there, you know, I'm doing the thing. You can see cute pictures of my daughter, that sort of stuff. Nice. And I'll link it for everyone um, who wants to just easily click it. So thank you so much. This was interesting and took a turn about the prep setter that I wasn't anticipating, but that was really good information. So thank you for sharing. Honestly, I learned it on Instagram. Someone shared it and I was like, that was a light bulb thing, like mind blown. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And so now I try to tell a lot of people about it because you just, I never would have thought, I thought prep centers was only for OA and wholesale. And so you can do it for RA too. Yeah. I've heard about people doing it. I didn't totally understand how that would even work, but now I do. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Don't forget to check out Caitlin at let's go Kate on Instagram, where you can of course ask her questions and follow her journey. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at podcast at yoursellingguide.com and we will get you scheduled. Hope everyone's Q4 is going great. I'm going to get back out there. So I'm going to say happy sourcing and see you next week.